In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet that has been declared essential by the government. I am Detective Mark Sparks, <laughs> and I'm joined by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? <laughs> man, I had a really good interrupt and everything, and I was going to let you uh, let you have some fun, and, and uh, we're essential, huh? We are essential. I mean... You've been told at your job you're essential. I've been told at my job I'm essential. So this podcast is essential, everyone. You know who else is, is essential? Who? Carol fucking Baskins. Carol Baskins. Wanna know why I'm gay? Carol fucking Baskins. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, it's, I'm, I'm, it's so good. I so bad. It's good. Like, yeah. Well, I, I I've lived I, I've lived close to that level of redneckery in my life. I don't actually live. I've never lived to that level of redneckery. But uh, boy, I've been I've met some people that were really close to it. I saw a video online. It might have been a TikTok, but it was a guy like. So I just did my taxes. Found out I'm getting about two thousand dollars back, and so I could do the responsible thing and use that to pay down all my student debt and all of that, or, or, just be with me for a bit here. Like pay to buy a tiger. Mask. I'll buy a tiger. Because <laughs> apparently that's all it cost him was two thousand dollars each. Well, it's it's three thousand dollars to pay somebody to kill Carol Baskins. Yep. Need a little bit more. But if you have a tiger, then you can Carol Baskins her and feed her to the tiger. <laughs> that would be some inceptions. I am so excited to do a review on that with Justin. <laughs> I, I don't know why it is such an atrociously, like, I was talking to my sisters today who knew neither of them have watched it. And we're going to get to some wrestling, but um, <laughs> neither of them have watched it. And I said, I think that there are certain behaviors or certain behavior models that are very good indicators of how crazy somebody is. I said, I'm going to go ahead and put exotic pecs pets in there and my sister one of my sisters used to own a ferret and i said now that's not a lethal pet but it is an exotic pet and you're a little bit crazy and she's like yeah i am a little bit crazy i said and then you get like potentially lethal pets and then you get this is just crazy and then you get there's a whole lot of those potentially lethal pets so yeah, it's one thing um, if you own one tiger right that's already a little nuts. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. One tiger, right? Well, or, you know, you own a boa. Okay, it's weird. You own but four you boas. Own okay, we're a little bit too far. Um, you own a boa and then you decide to get a king cobra. This is a bad decision. You're crazy. You own a zoo's worth of king cobras. Hey, you're nuts. Yeah, you have an alligator building that that isn't the talk of your zoo <laughs> until somebody lights it on fire that's well, a like I, say, I, I knew 
I knew about how crazy Joe Exotic was when he ran for president back in 2016. <laughs> uh, that video is still one of my favorite presidential campaign videos I think I've ever seen. And that's that's up there with the Rinses Champagne guy and uh, Vermin Supreme who runs every election and wears a boot on his head. Uh, <laughs> and Joe Exotic beat them all out. Anyway, uh, we'll, so, we'll yeah, get moving well, on to wrestling here. Yes. Because uh, that's that's what keeps the lights on. Well, I mean, our jobs keep the lights on. There's... This is this is actually what keep, keeps us up with the lights on. Yes. It's, it's, it's actually be off if we, if we could asleep. <laughs> In, increases our electric so um, but I would do like to remind everyone that Raw and Order WBU is part of the Tatnusco Podcast Network so once you're done listening to this and of course clicking the like button clicking the share button putting out a little tweet on the Twitter machine about it uh, head on over to tatnusco.com and check out all the other shows on the network like Tatnusco Podcast Uncensored uh, Chicken Hen with SNM, SMNJ, In the Dice Box Slam, Basement Bullshit, and Carpool Shenanigans. So a lot of fun. They cover a wide range. Um, so I'm sure you'll find something on there that you'll like as well. Um, but I am going to go ahead and start off this week with the first crime. And this week, I am charging us. T.A. Fabe and I were seemingly the only people on the entire planet that did not like Ronda Rousey in WWE. okay we uh like i'm sure there were other people out there who didn't like but if you turned on almost any of the wrestling news sites any other wrestling podcast they're like oh i'll run the rousey in wwe oh she brings legitimate fight feel to it oh she's so good oh she picked it up so great right and we were just like and you can go back and listen to early episodes of this which even though this podcast started uh, after she was no longer in WWE anymore, we still talked about it. And we talked about it a lot beforehand. But neither of us ever liked her in WWE because both of us felt she looked dangerous, not in the safe danger. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler look dangerous in the... They put on a very good show and they look like they can hurt people, but we're also pretty certain that they're not hurting. Ronda Rousey looked dangerous in the, she is so untrained in what she's supposed to be doing in the ring that she is going to hurt someone and potentially kill someone, right? Uh, and and most other people didn't think that way, but I just, every time she did that judo throw, I was like, she's gonna dislocate someone's shoulder um, and and put them out of, out of wrestling for at least a few months. I mean, I've had rotator cuff surgery, um, and yeah, I'm not a professional level athlete. I don't have the healing and the rehab capabilities that they have, but it took me out of the game for a year, right? And my shoulder still doesn't operate quite normally, right? So, um, so not to toot our own horns, but <clears throat> toot toot. Toot toot. Uh, <laughs> so, so it came out this week, uh, Ronda Rousey did an interview with, um, what was it? Wild Ride Podcast, uh, Steve-O, right? And in it, she said some stuff that, listen, this is wrestling we're talking about. I am well aware that some of this or all of this could be a work, um, but it also rings very much of truth in a lot of ways, right? So um, even if it is a work, it's a work based on truth, right? 
But she said, um, I love the WWE. I had such a great time. I love all the girls in the locker room. Running out there and having fake fights for fun is just the best thing. Uh, she also then called the uh, WWE Universe ungrateful fans. Um, I think I saw something about this. And and went on about how they... Uh, they're ungrateful and they you know if they they want to get angry at her for uh for saying it's fake fighting um, you know they, and they're just they, i can't even remember exactly i don't have this quote here but that you know comparing it to real fighting is is not fair because real fighting is dangerous and fake fighting is whatever um and so because of that we had a bunch of actual WWE superstars uh, uh, come to the defense of WWE and the defense of uh, pro wrestling just in general, uh, including Lana, CJ Perry, uh, tweeted out, I have no words for her audacity to say fake fighting. If it's fake, why can't Paige and TJ Wilson, why can't they wrestle anymore? If it's fake, why couldn't uh, Edge wrestle for 11 years? This is a contact sport where real things happen. Um, oh, here's the quote from, from Ronda Rousey. At the end of the day, I was just like, fuck these fans, dude. My family loves me and they appreciate me and I want all my energy to go to them. Um, then uh, after uh, Lana replied, you had Alexa Bliss uh, reply. And I gotta find she, uh, and, and we explicitly named her as getting ragdolled by her. Mm-hmm. And she uh, said a, a, it was a trailer for her uh, uh, WWE 365 Year of Uncertainty documentary that they did about her year that talked about how she was out with multiple concussions, right? And she just said, hmm, was out for almost a year. Must have been fake. But the real linchpin in all of this, and once again, like I say, I understand this is wrestling. Uh, everything in wrestling can be a word, right? But uh, the real linchpin in this to me is someone that I... It might be surprising that I'm I'm calling as my star witness, actually. Nia Jax. Uh, Nia Jax was on a Zoom call uh, that was hosted by Paige. It also had Peyton Royce, Billy Kay, Renee Young, and Natalia on it. Right, and they were talking about stuff, right? And during Just the stuff. well, wrestling stuff, right? But during the call, Nia Jack says, uh, "I'm not going to mention any names, but Lexi, that's Alexa Bliss. Well, apart from Lexi's name, but Lexi was working an angle, and she was continuously getting hurt in an angle with somebody. And I remember her saying, not saying anything specifically." because she wanted to be a team player. So right there we have her talking about someone uh, that was getting hurt because of her. And right now my computer decides to not let me scroll to get to the next part of the quote, because the next part's the important part. Okay. Windows 98, great stuff, bud. Okay. Uh, so I was like, put me in. I'm a six foot, 300 pound bitch. I can handle it. So I understand that. There's a certain thing of being quiet, taking it and being like, no, I want to be a team player. And then there's like the other side, like, shit, dude, I can't allow one of my good friends, my coworker, who I want to be here in five years so I can continue to work hurt getting hurt. I need to stand up and be there for her and make sure her livelihood will be there when she's done here, right? 
Um, now, the, the thing that's important about that is, if you remember, Alexa Bliss was in an angle with Ronda Rousey. When Ronda yeah, like I said, she ragdolled her. She was getting ragdolled. There was uh, specifically one or two times where uh, it looked like Ronda just dropped her on her head, right? And then all of the sudden, uh, Alexa Bliss was no longer in it, and Nia Jax got put in, right? And I think that's why this uh, really um, kind of comes together is definitely like Nia Jax didn't specifically say Ronda Rousey, but she's clearly saying that she went to management, went to probably all the way up to Vince and said, hey, you know, she's going to hurt Alexa. She's not going to be able to hurt me, but she'll hurt Alexa. So put me in instead of Alexa. And they did, right? Now, yeah. yes, this could be leading up to some sort of angle where Ronda Rousey comes back and Nia Jax and her go at it, right? But once again, this just rings so much of a lot of truth happening that, you know, I mean, the best angles are built at least partially on truth. So, you know, there's no doubt in anybody's mind that Brock Lesnar is by far the baddest man in WWE. Like, one-on-one, mm-hmm. he's any, any person. Mm-hmm. He, he, now, in a real fight, he's going to feel, he's going to get punched in the face. He's going to get hurt. Things are going to happen. But at the end of the day, that dude's probably the baddest man in WWE. Um, that said, um, you, you, you can't... There's MMA stars who, who work well, and there's MMA stars who don't work well. Um, and I think there's something to be said for the fact that Brock is a freak athlete and was a great wrestler before he was an MMA star. Same with Jake Hager, was a was a great wrestler before he was a great MMA star. So he could come back to it and understand taking care of the person across from you. Ronda's entire career has been, no, actually destroyed the person across from you. Yeah. And, and, that the, and that's why the, we talked so heavily about the developmental. Like, had she spent some time in developmental, we'd have, had, uh, we'd have been a lot more at peace with this. Mm-hmm. Well, and Shayna Baszler is a perfect example of that. Shayna Baszler had a similar career trajectory, projection, trajectory, uh, to, to Ronda Rousey in, in this respect. They both started out in MMA. They both made the transition to wrestling. The difference is Ronda Rousey made the transition directly to main eventing WWE show. Man eventing and having a huge push. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, so so suddenly when, when the storyline changes because somebody's hotter than you, not sexually, but sexually too, but because somebody's a, a bigger name than you right now, you throw a fit and you say it's it's fake, number mm-hmm. one. Uh, number two, you know, um, you just, you don't have as, you, you, you know, Baszler's taking losses. Well, and isn't yeah. mad about the losses. Well, and that's the deal. Baszler's uh, route went the way of first she did some indie shows, then she got involved with Evolve, then uh, after Evolve she was able to move to WWE developmental officially, and then she worked her way up through NXT, and now she's on. Well, she, she's I guess on Raw. They haven't one hundred percent said she's now a Raw superstar, but that's what we're assuming, right? Um. And so she worked her way up through developmental, but on top of that, she was able to get that training in, okay, you're going to lose some matches, right? You're not always going to be the top dog. Your job here is to look good and make the other person look good. And I think that's what a lot of uh, fresh wrestlers don't understand. Your job is to make the other person look good too, right? And that's why some of the greats are where they are. Ric Flair isn't the Hall of Famer, the 
most recognizable wrestler this side of Hulk Hogan because he looked great. He's where he's at because at the same time it's him looking great, he made the people he was against look great as well. With um, sometimes with reckless abandon for himself. Yeah, often. He bled like a stuck pig on the ring. Yeah. But, and that was okay because he knew he was doing the right thing for the business. You're crackling quite a bit. Oh, sorry. Let me roll this way. Yeah, it's better now. Better. Um, but so, yeah, so, I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. So much of the job is about making your opponent look right. A, a recent example that we can talk about, the Firefly Funhouse match, right? John Cena made Bray Wyatt look like a star in that. Oh, by allowing Bray Wyatt to make John Cena look like a has-been. You know what I mean? Well, and 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 really using the fact that he's developed some acting chops, mm-hmm. I would say John Cena's um, movie uh, career is taking off uh, on a steeper incline than The Rock's was. I don't know if it has... I think it has a higher cap, but The Rock's... I mean, the first three, four movies of The Rock's were... Bad. I mean, the mummy was. Well, the tough thing, The Rock tried to jump straight into top of the line action, right? And I think John Cena said, hey, I can see that that didn't work out so well. So instead, I am going to start off and I'm going to work on comedies and I'm going to work on family friendly one movies and I'm going to show that I I have range. Um, So, yeah. Uh, that being said, I don't know if John Cena's ever going to be uh, Hobbs and Shaw level. Uh, you know, I get my own spinoff of Fast and Furious, but most likely. But he will he will definitely have a solid career for a long time, I think. Um, you got really soft there, by the way. Sorry, I was looking a little bit away from the mic. He will definitely have a solid career for a long time, I think. Okay. But... Yeah, but anyway... Um, but and so, maybe... Maybe Rhonda found her calling in, in acting and we won't have to see her again on wrestling because she shouldn't be wrestling. No, I mean, well, if anything, she needs to hit the, the training gym. Take some time with with Shayna and Jessamine and, and Marina, right? And go in and just learn how to make the opponent look good. Because there were very few times. I mean, a perfect example, like you and I have talked about we're not the biggest Charlotte fans, right? But Charlotte makes her opponents look good every time. Oh, yeah. Um, it doesn't matter whether it's Tamina or Sasha Banks, right? They both look like stars with Charlotte, right? And that's what Ronda needs to get to. She needs to get to where she can have a match with Lana and Lana still look like a star. And I think kind of what you were hinting at, Ronda's ego got in the way. And so if someone wasn't a superstar and put against Ronda, Ronda was like, no, I have to destroy them. I have to absolutely destroy them. Um, but I mean, you know, history has had a long, a long winding road with MMA stars in WWE. You know, uh, Steve Blackman, Dan Severn, um, Ken Shamrock, you know, all of these people had MMA backgrounds. All of them were able to make the transition. And part of why they were able to make that transition is they did not insist on being the unstoppable force. Because in the end, part of what that does is that that makes WWE look second fiddle to UFC, right? Uh, And you don't want that. You want WWE to look like the top team in the end. You want it to look like, hey, you you went into uh, UFC and you were pretty decent there. 
But you come here and it's a whole different ballgame. Now, yes, I want to make sure to point out that both of us are fully aware that uh, WWE and AEW and any of the wrestling out there is not a real, I'm using the air quotes, real sport, right? It is scripted. It is predetermined. Um, it is, sometimes it is they have to change the script. But sometimes the, the things have to change and the, the truly great ones are able to improv on the fly there. But even more than that, it's still 300 plus days a year for most night in, night out, right, of doing some of the most athletic stuff you'll ever see a person do over and over and over again. And you can see highly trained athletes who come into WWE and cannot handle it um, because it is it is absolutely grueling. And yes, you know, UFC fighters don't have to fight as often. And if they did have to fight 300 days a year, yes, they would probably be very, very injured and probably uh, suffer major, you know, life-threatening problems because that's the difference between UFC and WWE or wrestling in general. Wrestling is not about who wins. Wrestling is about the show, but it is still 300-pound men throwing each other around a ring and trying to do it in the safest way possible. It is still Braun Strowman picking up another 300-pound man over his head and throwing him across the ring. That is physically exerting, um, that is mentally exerting because you have to know how to do it in a way that's safe. Um, and for the person taking the bump, it's physically exerting, right? So, um, and that's part of why I think Rhonda failed because she was never properly trained on how to take the bumps. So any wrestler that got in there with her had to work extra, extra hard to try to make her look good. Uh, and she couldn't do anything to make them look good. And every time, like I say, that arm throw was the one that every time I saw her do it, she she hit it like a, a UFC move. But in UFC, if Somebody's you dislocate someone's shoulder, and... well, yeah. And if you if you dislocate someone's shoulder in a match, you win the match, right? Um, but that's not wrestling because wrestling is once again not about who wins. How many times? You know, we talk so much about. Ric Flair being a 16-time world champion, right? And which we can go into later about whether that number's accurate. It's actually low. Um, but 16-time world champion. But you know what that means? That means he also lost it 16 times, right? Yeah. And he was fine with it because he knew that losing it was part of the storyline and him losing it was all about making the product better, right? The same thing with all the best tag teams. Uh, in history, all the best champions. Sting, my favorite wrestler of all time, he won the belt so many times, he lost it so many times. You know why? Because in the end, he knew it was about the product, not about who carried the belt. Um, well, and this is the same thing. She did this with UFC through a hissy fit when she lost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. You know, Holly Holm has really long legs and a really good strike kicking. She's number four in the world right now. Um, it's not like she, it's not like she's a, it was a fluke win, you know? Um, and, and so throwing your hissy fit every time you lose doesn't do anything for you. Mm -hmm. so, so, so anyway, so that's really my crime there is that we were right and everyone else was wrong. Neener, neener, neener. How do you like that? <laughs> there's still a bunch of people who want her to come back, unfortunately. Yeah, and the thing is, like I say, I fully recognize this could be a work to get us all talking about her coming back. And if she comes back, fine. 
whatever, right? She she will never be that dominant person again, right? Because she got beat. We know she's got a weakness now. And so if she does come back, she better come back knowing that she's not Hulk Hogan. She's not the one that is going to rally the fans and and be at the top for so long. She's not even Brock Lesnar. Nope. She is going to be another cog in the wheel. She'll be a top cog because she's got the name recognition, but she also better understand that she will be eventually asked to lose to Bailey. She will eventually be asked to lose to Natalia, right? Um, and and she's got to take it or leave it. And that's really what it comes down to. Um, I wish her the best. I, You know, she could never work another day in WWE and still live a lot better of a life than you and I live in terms of monetarily, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, and so I'm fine if she never comes back. If she comes back, fine, whatever. As long as they don't push her to the top of the division and start burying all their much more talented superstars in favor of her. And as long as they make sure she starts wrestling safer, right? Because... Um, we said it before this, and we'll say it again. She looked like she was hurting people, and not in the entertaining way. So, um, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't Seth Rollins doing a stomp on Monday Night Raw this week. You know that everybody was like, "Well, jeepers!" Oh. Well, yeah. or Brock Lesnar taking someone to Suplex City. Those look like they hurt, but they also look like they hurt in a way that is safe, right? He's throwing them, he's popping his hip, he's throwing them over his head, and they're landing basically on their shoulders, on their yep. shoulder blade, which is where they can distribute the weight the most, right? Um, now, we've had wrestlers in the past that did not work a safe style, and they typically did not last long because when you don't work a safe style, people start refusing to work with you. And I think... I think in, in Alexa Bliss's case, she had just come back from a different injury, and she had previously been at the absolute top of the women's division, and she, I think she was probably just worried that if she spoke up about it and said, hey, I, she's unsafe, she's she's might hurt me, that she would have faced repercussions for it, and that's really a shame that anyone in the WWE would be afraid to speak up for their own safety. But that's basically what the whole CM Punk lawsuit was about, was that they, he was suing, well, he claimed that they forced wrestlers to work in unsafe conditions on the regular, and the doctor was suing him, saying that he was uh, libeling and slandering his good name. And the court said, nah, it looks pretty much like you made them work in unsafe conditions on a regular basis. Um, so. Semi-injured is injured. Yep. It's it's the same thing. I mean, the dude, look, you can clearly see he's got a giant bulge on the back of his his upper back or lower back, you know. Um, and oh, yeah, it looks here like the doctor's report said when they tested it, it was a staph infection. And so you obviously overlooked this staph infection to make him wrestle. Oh, look, he's got text messages that show that he said, hey, I'm pretty sure I have a staph infection. And you were like, nah, just take a Z-Pack. You'll be fine. <laughs> anyway. anyway. So, yep. toot toot. We're charged with being right, and other people are charged with being wrong. With oh, being opinions. With wrong opinion. Boy, yeah. you just gotta ride, this, ride the horse, don't you? Mm -hmm. Really high one. Uh... 
I believe it was a Mr. Bischoff who wrote a book that said, um, what, what was it? Controversy creates cash. Um, so you don't like this opinion? Just share this with everyone so that they can tell us that they don't like this. They can all listen. Except for people in Alabama, they don't have technology. Yeah. We've already, we've already pissed them off, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. They're probably not listening anyways. No, I mean, no. They're too busy watching stories about Carol Baskins wondering if she killed her husband. By the I way, she did. did. Yeah. <laughs> Carol Baskin killed anyway. her husband. It happened. Yeah, I'll go ahead and convict us of being right on that one. On that particular <laughs> one. We've been wrong before. Yep. Um, not frequently. I mean, <laughs> you've been wrong. I've been entirely correct. But I wouldn't say I wouldn't say wrong. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> God, you're the only guy I know that would be like, ah, forget you, Arn Oli, all you guys, Tully. I, I am a horseman. <laughs> I'm the one horseman, and I'm on it high horse today. <laughs> nope. Hey, horse, go nope. stand on that soapbox. <laughs> nope. 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 Kevin Bacon wasn't in Footloose. <laughs> nope. All right. Nope. Look it up. You're wrong. You lose. <laughs> no, 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 no. If you don't get that reference, look it up. Okay. So, going on to crime number. I wonder if Justin's watched that yet. I'm gonna say no. Well, no. I think he did because I had to. I had to message because I made that reference and he wasn't. He was like, I don't get it. Kevin Bacon totally wasn't Footloose. No, I was talking about the other one. The. <laughs> Hello. Oh. Hello? No, I don't think he's watched Charlie the Unicorn. It's a magical Leopardon. The magical bridge of hope and wonder. <laughs> oh, they took my freaking kidney. Anyway, all right. We'll move on to crime number two. What you got for me? Crime number two. Um, Agents of Chaos. Do not chase what we think everybody else will chase. I think I'm picking up what you're putting down. Oh, my Lord. So I had this complaint on an NXT review a couple weeks ago. I then had it on the SmackDown review that I did um, that that didn't get lost. And I'm going to say this one last time. The Fiend does not do what a good little boy does and go to his regularly scheduled slot and make sure that he has a five-minute video. He interrupts things, he causes chaos, and he does not chase the title because the title doesn't matter. He's got the history with Braun. You don't have to have the title involved. Please, dear God, please, 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 please make it so that Braun doesn't want to put his title on. Please. Yeah. Please. Amen. Please. Please. <laughs> I think, and again, I I even think the person who hates him right now in this conversation, who hates Braun right now in this conversation, can say, I'd rather see the title stay on Braun than go to The Fiend for, and, and this is going to be a controver- controversial view, but then go to The Fiend for it to have to be lost by The Fiend again at some point. Mm-hmm. And now yeah, we've no. had two legitimate losses for The Fiend. 
Like, we've got to have, there's always has to be schmazes. There always has to be a schmaz of some kind. For, and yeah. they aren't schmazing it up. No. And, well, that's and, the deal. Is like, I mean, I would be, I would be more happy, and they can't do this right away because of uh, Roman Reigns' situation. But I would be way more happy if Roman Reigns came out and said, "No, you don't get a shot at the title, right? You're at the back of the line, bud, right? It was supposed to be my shot at the title, and I couldn't make it. So if you want your shot at the title, you have to beat those people first, and then you have to beat me, and then maybe you get your shot at Braun." Uh, and then we could have the feud, Roman versus uh, The Fiend, with no title on the line, and it'd be just about, you know, yeah. fight. Yeah, and, and then The Fiend can can win. The Fiend can lose in a non-title match, I think, as long as there's a schmoz to it. I think just The, the Fiend, if he's going to lose, it needs to be a schmoz. It needs to be cheating. You know, last man standing match and somebody handcuffs his ankle, you know? Like it's it's that simple. Um, I, I just you're you're setting him up to eventually lose, and I knowing Vince, he will he won't leave that title on on Bray Wyatt for a year. Um, you'll have to leave it on him so long, fans don't want to see it on him anymore. Yeah. Well, that's the right. deal. Is like the whole reason Goldberg won it was so that Roman Reigns could win it from Goldberg and get cheered. And when that was obvious it wasn't going to happen, then now they put it straight back into a place where they're going to put it back on The Fiend. And there's no way Roman Reigns is going to get cheered beating The Fiend for the title. No. Right? No. Like, and, and you have a guy who just said some, some ridiculous things on social media that pissed a lot of people off. Like, over half of them are pissed off about it. Mm-hmm. And you have a guy who wasn't at his main event showing that Brock or that Braun could could incorporate into that pissed off you know that pissed off storyline. You could literally, I, like I said, it's the easiest path to a heel they've ever had because he's actually an asshole. Mm-hmm. Like like just make him the asshole and wait it out till Roman's able to come back and we're good. Like the Fiend has plenty of people he can feud with. Yeah. He, he now can feud with The Miz because he's feuded with The Miz as Bray Wyatt. You know, like, well, mm-hmm. he, 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 you did punch him. You know, you did punch me and it hurt. Fiend's not happy. Ah, oh, crap, what? Now I gotta fight the Fiend? You know? like, And and The Miz could pull a great story out of that. Fantastic story, especially being sick. But, I don't know. I just, I was so frustrated when I saw the vignette on Friday, I was like, "Why? What? What? Why? Yeah. Why are they doing this? Because it's WWE, and they're the reason we can't have nice things." No joke, holy cow! So I don't know. Maybe I'm looking for a, a defense, um, and I think the only defense is that Bray's probably still the biggest draw. Um, that probably boosted quite a bit because of WrestleMania, but that doesn't mean he's a good draw for the title. Agreed. Like, well, and that's the deal. Is like there are so many other like matchups that I would much rather see for Bray right now than Bray versus Braun, right? Sure. Uh, and and I get it. And, you feel like Bray's got to be in the matches. main event. We can have Bray matches. Like we we. I don't feel like the Daniel Bryan story is over. No. At all. Think, yeah, I think Daniel Bryan. And here's the deal: is in the time while Daniel Bryan's off, you can have Drew Gulak try to hold down yeah. the fort for Daniel Bryan and get destroyed eventually. And then Daniel Bryan comes back and now now he's added, I have to avenge my new mentor. 
Mint, Mintet, Men, Mentior, my my Roseman, Father, Eor, Mentior, Father. That's almost as cool as cool as the Ultimate War Eor. War Eor. I googled that one day and I was not disappointed. So. I don't know. I just I can't help but think that there's so much more you can do with Bray Wyatt than just pigeonhole him into a title chase. Title, you pigeonhole really, really over faces and really, really evil heels. That and and I think that's part of the problem. I think Vince thinks that this character has to be a heel. This character is a is a is a vigilante. He's not a heel. Well, he's a vigilante and- for for Bray's past. For the indiscretions against Bray in the past. And even more than that, I think what what he has to remember is uh, you're you're not a heel um, or a face because of necessarily what you're written to be. You're a heel or a face based on fan reaction. And if fans are cheering you, then you are a face. It doesn't matter what you're written as. You are a face. And fans are cheering. I would, say, I would contest if... If children, if non-hardcore fans are cheering, and there's a reason I say that, because children, and I don't want to pigeonhole this as, as a sex thing, but women as, as a whole, um, a large percentage of women uh, are cheering you, that's that's when you know you're a face. Because John Cena was definitively a face his whole career, even though the fans were booing him. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, his and we've um, heard the rumble pop. His his original um, Doctor Thugonomics was supposed to be a heel, uh, but fans cheered it. Fans loved it. It's basically the same thing with The Rock. Like The Rock had many a heel turns and many a face turns, right? But his whole persona as The Rock was supposed to be a heel. Correct. And the fans loved it. And so they had no choice but Stone to Cold start. Was a heel. Hmm? Stone Cold was a heel. It's Stone like he's just forgotten what made him successful. Yeah. When the fans like, love someone, you you let them be the face. And the fans love The Fiend, so let them be the face. Let them be the avenging angel and and not the demon, you know? Um, and in a way, I guess, I guess I'm glad that they moved Finn Balor down to NXT, and I say down to. I think it was a bet, best move for him. Now, now it is down to. He's in NXT UK now, so yeah. he's going to be the that, NXT UK champion. Yeah, that's that's a um, misdemeanor of its own there. Um, I don't know. I'm pumped to watch him versus Volter. I'm I am pumped. <laughs> I I'm not against that match. I I love Walter. I love I love Finn Balor. He's one of my favorite, my favorite active wrestler, I believe, on WWE. My my, the reason it's a misdemeanor is the fact that it's on NXT UK, and it's simply this: NXT UK is to use the phrase the redheaded stepchild in WWE. It oh, is absolutely. One, and and more so than anything, it is the one that I have the hardest time prioritizing. You know. It's hard to find the time to watch that. I exactly. Mean, We've already got three hours of Raw, two hours of NXT, two hours of SmackDown, two an hours hour of 205 Live. What? An hour of 205 Live, if hour you want it. Live, if you want to watch it. But uh, two hours of, of AEW, an hour of AEW Dark, if you watch that, right? There's a lot of wrestling. And that's not even counting if I want to watch any of the Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling uh indie shows beyond wrestling whatever out there if i want to go back and watch an old pay-per-view uh like i watched uh 
Spring Stampede from 2000. Um, you know, uh, it, it's just really hard to say, hey, I'm going to set aside another hour or two hours of my time to watch NXT UK, which is mostly filled with, aside from a handful of people like Walter uh, and some of the rest of Imperium uh, and Finn Balor right now, it's Color. a bunch of people I don't really know. Um, Tony Storm. Tony Storm, yeah. Um, who I still think should be moved over to uh, full-on NXT because um, she's phenomenal. Um, but friend. you're fine. Um, so uh, so that's the deal. It's just so hard to prioritize watching that when there's so much other stuff to watch that that's why it's a, it's a potential misdemeanor. Is, um, that is That is a match I would much rather, even though it's for the NXT UK Championship, I would much rather see them do it on... NXT, not NXT. In fact, uh, my original thoughts were when they first moved to a two-hour time slot on USA Network, the best way to to stretch NXT to be two hours on USA Network would be to put hour one as NXT UK, hour two as NXT America, right? Um, And I still think they should do that. I think NXT UK should just be rolled into NXT. You could still have a UK champion, uh, but I think it makes more sense to have it as one unified product. Um, now, there are difficulties right now, um, and I don't know if you're familiar with what's happening with Jordan Devlin. No. But, uh, Jordan Devlin was the one who uh, won the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. That I do know, yeah. Back at, what was it, Royal Rumble? Uh, the paper, uh, takeover uh, before that. Takeover yeah. before it, yeah. Takeover uh, Portland. Portland, yep. Uh, well, he is now, of course, due to the COVID situation, stuck back in Ireland, um, where he's from. And uh, so apparently they've announced, I think they announced it on 205 Live, that they are doing a cruiserweight tournament to uh, crown the interim cruiserweight champion because he can't defend it on 205 Live. So they're effectively stripping him of the title. which. Sad. Which is sad because he's he's a really talented person, uh, who also, by the way, was trained by Finn Balor. Um, but but that's the deal. Is like you know now you got Finn Balor over in the UK. You've got Jordan Devlin, who was your NXT Cruiserweight Champion, over in the UK. You got Walter over there, and those are all people that I would like to see on my TV on the regular. And yes, I've got the network. I can watch it when I when I get the time. But with job. This podcast, family, um, other stuff, all the wrestling that I already have to watch, it's really hard to prioritize another hour to two hours every week. So, and yeah, we knew this was a problem coming up when AEW launched that uh, there very easily could become oversaturation of wrestling. Um, but the tough thing is when it's a WWE product that they just, for whatever reason, don't seem to want to support, you know. Anyways, back to your crime. I fully agree. Um, Bray Wyatt, the fiend, shouldn't be chasing. Them. Just shouldn't be. It should be. He can whoops across it later on. Yeah. It. We've said the entire time. It shouldn't be about I want the belt. It should be about I want to beat you for. You know, I'm fine with him having a a feud with Braun Strowman by saying you were one of my disciples and then you left me. Blah blah blah. That's fine. That's a good storyline. I'm all cool with that. It's when you add in the I want back that belt that it loses me. Yep. But no, I agree. I agree. I think that's a a crime that easily could be a guilty plea. I don't think they can really defend that. Yeah. Well, they will. They'll say, oh, he's a big draw. 
He's a, he's a big draw. We should we should yeah. Well, and and that, but he doesn't have to have the title on him. Well, that that eventually gets to the the argument that people have about which should be the main event of a pay per view. Um, and some people are like the title should always be the main event. Oh, but I'm the best match, or more specifically, the match with the most heat behind it should be the right. Yeah. Uh, for instance, if Andre the Giant versus Hulk Hogan had not been for the belt, it still should have been the main event. Correct. Because it's the two people with the biggest heat, the biggest draw, right? Period, right? Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan, main event. Not because it's for a title, even though it was, but because they were the two people at that time, at that moment, with the biggest draw. That's what your main event should be. It doesn't matter whether they've got belts or not. It's all about which is the biggest draw, which is going to sell the most, period. Now, ideally, yes, your biggest draws are also your champion. But not always. Storyline-wise, Undertaker was champion a few times, but he that wasn't his gimmick. That wasn't his thing. So he main-evented a lot of events that did not draw based on him being the champion. It drew based on him being the freaking Undertaker, right? Yes. So, and that's that's really what this comes out of. This match here, Bray Wyatt the Fiend versus Braun Strowman, could be a main event match even without the belt involved. Yeah. Well, and that's so. So you don't want to make your champion weak. So you you, you know you don't want him to lose. You don't want Braun to retain. And then Bray, you, you don't want the Fiend to be to be weak there. Um, you don't want your champion. But the Fiend has such specialty matches. Yeah, I'll like you could even do it with. And and this is their bailout right now. Yeah, I'll play your little game and I'll be in your little match, but it's not gonna be for this trap. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we have a, a new specialty match from Bray Wyatt, which could, uh, could be the, I don't know, Mandible Claw match or whatever. <laughs> Just make up a name. Whatever. Exactly. You can't do a Firefly Funhouse match because, you know, there's not enough history behind Braun. I don't know. They could put his tweets and, and stuff uh, into it and have the Firefly Funhouse be him on the indie scene wrestling against indie wrestlers and being like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Uh, still a little pissed off at him, huh? <laughs> yeah, just a little. Just a little. You know what would be great, though? To mm. do that, because here's the deal. The guy's got heel heat. He's got real-life heel heat. Not go-away heat, but I don't like you heat. Yep. You could even bring in a whole bunch of indie wrestlers for that, just to to have a moment where they, at least in in a well, dream sequence... A bunch. I mean, at, at most, you could bring in nine, and that's if your cameras were fixed. Well, that's... The way you do it, you just bring them in one at a time. They oh, come like, in. Match. Yeah, they come in. They hit him with one move. He stands up from it. He turns around. There's a different indie wrestler there. They come in and hit him with another move. He turns around. Different indie wrestler. So the whole thing could be shot over the course of a couple days, to be perfectly honest. Um, and and you just funnel these indie wrestlers in and out. I mean, they're right there in Florida where there's an active independent scene. And yes, you could use a bunch of NXT wrestlers that are not regularly on TV too. But yeah, so yeah, yeah. no, I, I, mean, I, I agree. Create the heat. Let the heat be the heat, man. It's there. Just have him talk smack on Roman. Have him talk him. Have him talk smack on Bray. You know? Oh, you can't even have a real match. You know? Because 
because you're not in a ring and, and you have to do a bunch of fake stuff <laughs> or whatever. You can have him do any of that stuff. You can have him talk smack and be like, you're just trying to sell t-shirts so you don't have to work like all those indies. <laughs> I mean, he could do that. The, the dude has genuine heat. It's not like it's fake here. So let's just let that heat be the heat. But for God's sakes, don't put the title on Bray. Not because he's not champion worthy, but because that's not his character. Agreed. Agreed 100%. 1,000%. It's over 9,000. That's my percentage. Wow. Yeah. So you agree, Goku. Yeah, exactly. Um. So yeah, so I agree there. Fred. <laughs> yep. Um. But we'll move on to misdemeanors. I really don't have a ton of misdemeanors this week, to be perfectly honest. I mean, I'm going to throw a misdemeanor at uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon for his decision to go back to live shows. That's um, what I figured. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I get it, right? Reportedly, it's mostly contractually uh, with the w- with the um, USA Network and the Fox Network. The way those contracts are written only allow for a certain number of pre-taped shows a year. And they're worried if they keep going that that'll give them a chance to uh, modify the deals in a way that will be less beneficial to WWE. Um, but you know what? You should have negotiated the deals better in the first place. You came into all these negotiations in a position of power, right? And so... Yeah, they wanted your product, man. Yeah. So, and you're the WWE. You've been known to uh, work contracts to the best of your ability, you know? And so, why did you allow it to work a clause in there that you could only have X number of pre-taped shows, right? That was dumb on your part. And so... You deserve to get your deals modified based on that. Um, I saw a tweet, and and it was like, does anyone else feel like that we're living through a future episode of Dark Side of the Ring right now? Um, that in a few years there will be Dark Side of the Ring COVID-19. <laughs> you, you think that's coming, huh? Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was just. I think I want to want to forget about this stuff. Like, not forget about it because I want to take precautions in the future, but forget about it. Like, well, yeah, but I, I mean, people wanted to forget about the Benoit thing, but they did a Dark Side of the Ring about that, anyways, right? I mean, that's the whole point of that series, bro, to highlight bro. the things that people want to forget about, anyways. We haven't heard from him in a while. I wonder where he's at, bro. I don't know. We'll have to find out, see where FBI agent Russo is. I'm just saying, I mean, maybe he got put on the uh, coronavirus task force or something. I don't know. Yeah. He's probably booking for Vince again. Ugh. Now, now I do also want to point out that one of the uh, witnesses in my previous crime was someone I've given a lot of crap to, Lana, over the time. But I want to applaud her for standing up for wrestling at that point. She's not even the best wrestler out there, but she at least understands that these are people who put their bodies on the line 300 days a year. Um, And yes, it may not be quote-unquote real fighting, uh, but neither is the stuff you see on Mission Impossible, you know, with Tom Cruise. But if you don't think think that takes a whole lot of skill, uh, you're nuts. Um, But on that note, I think we'll move on to commendations. Commendations. So, commendations for this week start with, and I think you'll definitely agree with this, uh, Gargano and Ciampa. Yeah. 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 That was a heck of a match. 
um, well-told storyline. I will flat out say, though, at this juncture, 30-minute matches that aren't put on by people who make a, make great 30-minute matches need to stop happening. That that match only works at 30 minutes if it's an Iron Man match. Well, so, or if it's with two of the best workers in NXT. Uh, it worked. It just it it even felt a little bit long, but it's still the best best 36-minute match we've had all year. Well, it had a, a fairly unnecessary ref bump in the middle. I say middle was yeah. towards the end, but you know the ref got uh, poked in the eyes accidentally, um, sort of accidentally by uh, Gargano, and then uh, took a bump to the outside of the ring uh, from Champa. And yes, it led to a Champa pinning Gargano, but no referee there to count it moment. So it paid off in that respect. But that whole segment there could have been cut, and I don't think it would have changed my expectations on the match at all. Because um, we are talking about a no DQ match. So, like the end story where Candice LeRae came in and uh, appeared to turn on her husband, and then actually turned and on. Actually turned on Champa. Um, you know. You didn't need to have the ref out of the ring for that because there wasn't the ref could anything the ref could have done. It was a no DQ match, right? Yeah. She could have done that right in front of the ref both times and everything been fine. But uh but anyways, no, it was still a great match. And Very they put blood, sweat, and tears into it. So uh so I give them a ton of credit there. A commendation for uh, them. They did not put blood. That yeah, was actually no- one of my complaints about it, you get to match that brutal that against each other. I kind of feel like somebody needed to blade. Yeah, I'm fine. To be perfectly honest, I'm fine in this era of, uh, in this time of COVID-19. I'm fine if there's not blood, you know. Uh, don't get me wrong. A- AEW uh, this week had blood. I do feel it was inadvertent. I don't think it was planned. Um, I think uh, Britt Baker got the stiff shot to the face and started bleeding because of that. Um, but it it did make it a little awkward at times where you're just watching it going, oh man, I mean, I, I know these people probably got tested. At the very least, they've been monitored uh, for symptoms. But, but what we know about this virus, uh, people can have it and not show any symptoms. So this blood going everywhere is uh dangerous enough in normal times it seemed to be a little bit more dangerous now so anyway um my other commendation goes to aew uh the team of tony shivani and chris jericho on commentary yes please more please put that straight in my veins thank you yeah watch Watch it it was so chris jericho is phenomenal uh, Tony Schiavone is, I, I've always said he's the voice of my childhood. Um, but together, like, I like Excalibur. I like uh, Jim Ross. I think Jim Ross deserves to be able to step away from the limelight and focus backstage more because he is very talented in talent relations, right? Sure. So let him uh, team up with Christopher Daniels and be a part of that. And. Uh, Excalibur can still be the play-by-play. Like, I know what I'm talking about because I'm a former wrestler guy. Uh, but Tony Schiavone and Chris Jericho are my team. That's wow. what I want. They worked so good together and were so entertaining. And Chris Jericho, like, legitimately, if he had to stop wrestling tomorrow, 
for whatever reason, injury or whatever, I want him immediately on the desk. Uh, his transition was so smooth. It was. We've seen a lot of uh, the guest commentators on AEW, and we've said good things about a lot of them. Uh, when uh, Taz, Taz is there, but when MJF was on on there for a bit, that was fun. Yeah. Um, you know, Colt Cabana on on commentary was fun, but Chris Jericho to me took the cake. He was he was insightful. He knew the moves because, of course, he's a wrestler. He knows all about them. Um, he was able to talk about the feuds realistically, but at the same point, talk about them from a slightly objective standpoint of a fan. Like, there were multiple times in it where he said, well, I don't like, you know I don't like Kenny Omega, but this is a hell of a match. It was so perfect, yeah. right? So so seriously, just put that straight in my veins every week. That's what I want from now on. I'm going to give a commendation, one commendation to WWE for commentary. Um, thank you for taking Tom Phillips off of NXT and giving us tomorrow. Uh, this is the advantage to pre-recorded, and this... <laughs> this should be an easy part of the conversation. You want to have people tune in, you need to have good commentary. And if the only way you can get good commentary right now is pre-recording, then have that conversation because you have all you got to do is show those two weeks in a row. And um, pre-recorded is not that bad, guys, um, to, to USA. Well, especially um, in this situation where it's pre-recorded, but it's with no fans, so there's no spoilers to come out. Yeah, because that's yeah, I just I think that's what's so, so dangerous about pre-recording. Other times is the spoilers come out, and then people are like, "Well, why should I even watch the show? I already know what's going to happen." But then there's no spoilers because there's no crowd. Correct. Yeah, I mean, you've got cameramen. Yeah, it's so limited in there. You don't even know. Like, like there's less than twenty people that know the results. So. Mm -hmm. That's fine, and and all of them can be fired for. Um, Morrow was on point by himself, on point. Which I mean, if you listen to Corey Graves, Morrow does most of his broadcasts by himself. So, um, in his mind, um, I'm not dogging on Morrow again. This is the this is the absolute godsend. Um, Morrow is probably the only commentator for WWE that can do an entire show entirely by himself. Um, I. I have been singing Michael Cole's praises for a couple weeks now because Tom Phillips is that bad. Um, and Michael Cole does a very good job of filling in the blanks, but it's it's best to have a, a co-speaker with Michael Cole. Morrow can literally do it all by himself, and it's great. It is fantastic. Well, and I think so, what Morrow helps point out is that you don't need the face and heel commentator all the time, right? No. WWE. No, in that latter match, we knew who the faces and heels were. Mm -hmm. We knew Tegan Knox was a good guy and Chelsea Green was a bad guy. And, um, you know, uh, we again, we had bad guy versus bad guy when Chelsea Green got injured. Um, God, was that not just a great match? Holy cow. Yeah, Sorry. This is not an NXT review, but that's that was gold. Um, well, Mark I mean, you le legitimately apps wonderfully. Well, and that's that's the deal is like you don't need a heel commentator to point out when bad guys do bad guy things. In fact, a face commentator can point that out pretty easily. You don't need a face commentator specifically when good guys do good guy things, because guess what? Any commentator can point out that. So WWE likes to fall into this 
niche of oh you've got to have a face commentator and a heel commentator and the heel commentator's got to be like uh uh saturday morning cartoon heel you know just wacky and over the top and jerry the king lawler the entire time and yeah yeah i don't know if you need a commentator to do commentator things it's great on in-ring matches that really deserve it but that got ground champa match didn't need a commentator um None of the cinematic matches, there's been three in the last week, none of them needed a commentator. None of them. Mm-hmm. We were blessed enough to get a commentator for the other stuff. Um, I think traditional matches need them, but the cin- cinematic matches were all three just the action that's happening in the ring is the action that's happening in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, or not a ring for two of the three. Yeah. Um, or the mind in the mind but that's the deal it's like you can have Mauro Ronaldo just give the play-by-play of the match and give the little commentary that he does when big things happen and and you get what's going on you don't need to have a Corey Graves or or Byron Saxon go no they're totally fine doing that you know it's it's fair for them to do that because they were treated so badly I I, I do miss the and it in the one without commentary during the week this week, which was the um, Gargano Ciampa match, um, I would have liked to have heard that Jezebel, but he works for AEW now, so. Oh my God, that Jezebel. But so. Because can anybody really look at Candice LeRae and be like that Jezebel? I mean, even as they as she was carrying Gargano, I was like, at least she loves her husband. Like she mm-hmm. really, gosh, she's a good girl. Yeah, that's such a great couple. They're supportive of each other and everything. But, but that's it. No, I, you know, talking about the NXT women's ladder match, legitimately, that match has four of my favorite women in uh, WWE right now involved in it. I love Tegan Knox. I think she's phenomenal, right? Yeah, the only one, the only one of the that was in that match that I didn't really enjoy. I loved Chelsea Green in this match. She was great. Um, talk about a girl who can sell some personality. Like she does it very, very well. She sold the injury well. Everything. Um, I just don't like Dakota Kai. I just don't. <laughs> and I'm not a huge Candice LeRae fan until she turned on Johnny and then turned on Tommaso. Now I'm a little more of a fan of her. I'd say, like I. I fell in love with Chelsea Green, not Chelsea Green, uh, Candice LeRae. Candice LeRae's uh, matches when I saw a bunch of her indie matches when she was like teaming with Joey Ryan. Um, and, and I mean, she she goes hardcore in those matches. She's got matches where she, you, you say you wanted some color in the Gargano Champa match. Uh, she puts out more blood than Gargano as ever, as far as I've seen. Um, uh, she's phenomenal. But so she's up there. Io Shirai is one of my favorites in Io's phenomenal. Maybe all of wrestling. Like I, I really want to, and I need to do some googling because I would not be surprised if it happened. But I really want to see an Io Hikarashita match. I think that would be so phenomenal. Uh, but that'd uh, be a ways out. Well, it, it. I'm thinking if anything, it already happened. Like happened at some point back in Stardom oh. or something like that. Uh, that makes sense. But, but sorry, I had to itch my face. Let's see. Well, at one point they danced, and at one point they teamed versus some people. And oh, yep, there was a match at one point from Resolution: Io Shirai versus 
Karushi. I'm gonna have to watch it. Not to mention, I love Eo's entrance music. Well, as Eo when she turned heel, her entrance music changed. It was it was so well done. Yeah, like, she's been great. Everything changed. Her like, whole everything they messed up with Bailey's heel turn, they did right with Eo's. Yeah, and that's the deal. Is it's like like her even just the way she walks to the ring. You know, she comes out. She does that little pose. Uh, she looks over her shoulder like, you know, like a Jezebel. Um, you know, <laughs> like, like you look, you're like, ooh, oh, wait, no, she's going to kill me. Um, but yeah, yeah. she's phenomenal. Um, and like I say, I like Mia Yim a lot. Um, I think uh, she oh, really I, I, featured more. Yeah. But um, And I, I don't dislike uh, um, Dakota Kai as much as... Um, but I think anytime you, you take a character and you're like, well, we need to give you a big guy, it, it puts a whole lot of pressure on the character. And very few people, I think, can pull it off. Shawn Michaels pulled it off. Uh, I F- think Dolph did okay with it. Dolph, Dolph did pretty decent. But a lot of times it falls flat. You know, it's just like, well, how are we supposed to take you seriously if you need a bodyguard to, yeah. you know? And that's um, where... I think the Dakota Kai is falling apart. And it might be. It might be. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Anyway, it was a good match. More importantly, Morrow was back. Um, thank you for the gift. Don't expect it to stay around because with WWE going back to live shows, I don't think they're going to be able to do Morrow again. Unfortunately. Well, and I, I think the NXT... I think the contract's a little different for NXT, I hope. I don't know. I From what I've read, um, it's not, but, you know, no one really knows it except for WWE. Well, but, and you know WWE Legal's looking over it. Like, how many matches do we have to do live? How much of the show needs to be live? If it's one match, they can do one match and <clears throat> still pre-record everything else. Yeah, it makes things tough. Um, I did want have one more commendation. And okay. the commendation goes to the revival for finally getting their release from WWE and being free to go to someplace <coughs> um, and and do what they really want to instead of languishing in a tag division that the owner doesn't really care about. So, um, so uh, congratulations to the revival and fuck the revival. That's all I gotta say. Wow, fuck the revival. If, if you're not familiar, it was a long, long standing thing with Cody Rhodes and the rest of the elite when they were in Ring of Honor. They um, they actually started the phrase and uh, then the revival ended up uh, changing it to free the revival and putting it on their shorts. So, <laughs> but um, if you just go on YouTube, someone's put together two separate uh, compilations of all the time on being the elite and at live shows that Cody and or the rest of the elite said the phrase so uh, but free the revival yeah the other version of it but that's fine um, but let's be honest right uh, if AEW really wants a tag team division that that feels big league right they're already well on on their way but adding a team like the revival um could be a really big get for them. Yep. So. And they may have to job out for a couple, couple weeks, couple months. Yeah. Who knows? But. So. But anyway. Cool. Fun show. Talked yeah. about a lot of real, real stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna convince you of this brawn as a, as a kayfabe heel along with a real life heel. <laughs> You're gonna yeah. keep trying. 
You're going to keep trying. I, I, I have to. I, I can't. I just think they've tried to make him heal and it failed. Now you have a real reason for him to be heal. You try the problem with before when they tried to make him a heel was he was mixed match tagging with Alexa Bliss and it was just this adorable it was Otis and Mandy before Otis and Mandy were Otis and Mandy. It was a better Otis. Yes, it was. I because I I love Otis. Itaki. Um and and <laughs> Mandy's fine. I don't I don't got a problem with her. I think she's still a little green in her in-ring work, but that's that's something that can help. But but the chemistry is not quite there. But Alexa Bliss and Braun Strowman had this this chemistry that like you could feel it through the TV. Yeah, you were nervous for Buddy Buddy Murphy, and yeah. sure enough, he's single now because of it. Mm-hmm. Well, not because of that, but because she is dating like an MMA star or something like that now. Yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> sorry, bud. But uh, but so you know, I'm just curious what the listeners are thinking about all of the stuff that we've said. So, um, if you have an opinion on uh, Ronda Rousey, uh, whether it agrees with us or not, uh, send us a tweet on it. Tweet at me at Raw and Order WBU or tweet at Da Fabe at Da Vincent K Fabe. Yep. And let us know what you think about that. If you've got an opinion on Bray Wyatt and the Fiend versus Braun Strowman, send us that. If you have an opinion on any of the stuff that we talked about, let us know. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter as well. Share, subscribe uh, to this podcast. Uh, you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can subscribe to our Facebook page, uh, any of that. You can even go on uh, the new service called Gritly. Uh, I'm going to put a link in uh, the doobly-doo to that as well. Um, and so um, you can follow us in all sorts of ways, but interact with us. Let us know what you think, uh, because we really want to hear from what you out there think about all this stuff. So, um, Side note, if you yeah. didn't think that doobly doo drove me crazy, would you be saying it still? I still would be, but I ain't gonna lie, it helps. Okay, just, just curious. Um, <laughs> you can also go to our uh, Wix page. The link is going to be in the doobly doo uh, uh, as well, or go to uh, get the Wix app through the link in the doobly-doo as well. Um, That way you can interact directly with me through there. Um, You can read our blog. You can listen to it online instead of having to use a podcast service. So if you're working from home now, like a lot of people are, you can just have a tab open in your browser to the Wix site and listen to the latest episodes right there. Um, And then our anchor.fm site, anchor.fm slash raw and order WBU is where we host all of our uh, podcasts right there. And you can go there. You can comment on things. You can leave us voice notes, which is really great because then we can use it in our show. Um, And then you could click that support tab and throw us a buck or two each month. Uh, It helps us so much. The, this is a whole lot of work to do and any help that you can throw our way definitely helps there. So, um, But on that note, I think we will close the cases on this week's crimes and we will be back uh, after Raw with the Raw review and then the AEW and NXT reviews and the FBI coming up after that and so on and so forth. But thanks for listening. On behalf of myself and DA Fabe, you have a great day. Stay safe out there. Thank you.